0: Log Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and live from the back of the Seattle Seahawks end zone. It's the Fourth and Inches show with Jenna <laughs> and the Sherpas. Jenna, how are you? I'm sorry I missed last week, but glad to be back.
1: I'm glad you're back. Uh, I just I'm still, you know, still in the woes of being a Cowboys fan. But other than that, I'm good.
0: <laughs> well, it's,
1: do, you it's enjoy, famous, do you enjoy your bye week? <laughs>
0: I, I did, my second bi-week in three weeks. Um, I didn't get married this time, though, so it wasn't quite as eventful. Well,
1: that's, that's but, probably um, a good thing.
0: <laughs> probably, yeah. I'd, I'd be in a little trouble with, with my wife, or at least my first wife, if I were getting married multiple times. <laughs> but uh, maybe with all of them, hey, I don't hopefully know. Hopefully she's not listening. Kind of <laughs> no, she's not. She's actually in Pittsburgh tonight, of all places, but, um, you yeah, know, right across the River from where the uh, Pirates and the Cubs are playing the playoff game. Apparently, the Pirates are going to shoot fireworks off if they win tonight. I told her I don't think she's going to see any fireworks, but we'll see. Aww. So anyway, back <laughs> back back to the the sport at hand here. Um, so much to talk about this week. I mean, I alluded to it in the opening the 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 silly ending in Seattle this you know past Monday night. It's sort of second wacky. Yeah. Monday night ending in Seattle, and I guess four years now. And I thought it was funny that the uh, the, the referee from the from the interception game was going to call the you know the referee from the uh, the back judge from the um, the back game <laughs> and commiserate with them. I'm, I'm not sure that yeah, they a, need some kind of support
1: the, group or something to be in a, a yeah, fly on the wall in that conversation would be would be something. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm not so sure that that if I were the referee in the Monday night game this past Monday, I'd want to hear from the other guy. But uh, we'll see what happens there. But of course, everybody's all the conspiracy theorists are out in droves now, and uh, we'll see what happens there. But in other news, we've got the Dolphins, one of your secondary teams, firing their coach, Joe yep. Philbin. I'm not sure they actually uh, gave him plain fare back or if they just left him over in London someplace. But
1: he, uh, could, he could still yeah. be there. We don't know. <laughs> he might just be yeah. hanging out in London now.
0: He's probably stalking the Queen or doing something over there, but so well, we had that have we had that whole him. weird we had that whole weird situation with Joe Hayden with the Browns this week where yeah. you know, he was listed as probable right up until game time and then didn't play and now mm-hmm. you know, I, I think the hypocrisy there is just amazing to me. I mean, the NFL talks about the integrity of the games, and that that's why they have to have to make sure that the injury report is, you know, is up to date and kosher, and all that is right. accurate. You know, that, to me, that's just a bunch of hooey. You know, that's everybody knows that you know the only reason that you know the injury reports exist is so that people who bet on the NFL have accurate information, but you know, the NFL mm-hmm. can never come out and say that. But, you know, I dare anybody to tell me I'm wrong about that. So, uh, yeah. we've got all can't sorts can't really of interesting games. There. No, the uh, New England-Dallas game, I guess we'll talk about that. But in general, how are you feeling about Dallas? Do you think they can uh, hold out until Dez and Romo get back? Or, or is the season uh, uh, something ship at this I point? Mean, I
1: mean, I hope so, but it seems like anybody makes a good play, they immediately get carted off the field, which is kind of a problem for me right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, Lance Dunbar being uh, I, the, the latest example yeah, of that.
1: Even, I mean, it seems like you throw to a wide receiver, he's immediately done for the day. Lance Dunbar blows his knee out, Sean Lee gets concussed. It was It was a rough week for me last week, but uh, I just at some point we're going to run out of players to get injured. So I don't I well, don't really know that's how that's gonna go. That's I'm something. hoping. Yeah. <laughs> At some point it has well, to be maybe, right?
0: <laughs> maybe they can just get the University of Texas football team to stand in for them since they're doing so well.
1: Yeah, I mean I I saw lots of, of obviously joking reports about Jerry Jones buying Various colleges, so he could start quarterbacks. I'm not opposed to the idea right now. <laughs> I I'm not a Brandon Weeden fan. That's very apparent. But I think they'll. I don't think this is their week. But I think they have a chance of hanging on, so they're still relevant by the time Dez and Tony Romo come back. I just, it. I don't know. A lot of that's going to play out on, on what your Giants are doing. Unfortunately.
0: Ugh. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if they can stay healthy, I like their. Chances, I mean, easy to say, but you know that the Giants should be four and zero. I'm not going to say that, but they have been in every game so far this season, which yeah. is encouraging. And they were underdogs against Buffalo last week and went in and blew them out. And Odell Beckham's uh, shenanigans, notwithstanding, so like... it's, it's still good to see them. At least from my perspective, good to see them uh, getting off the season getting off to a good start this season. So mm-hmm. the other thing, I, I'd be a little remiss if we didn't bring this up this week. You know, as you probably heard, there was a controversy in the Daily Fantasy Sports world this week yeah. with uh, fans, for, I am mean, not fans, employees, actually, of the DraftKings site, you know, publicizing lists that they shouldn't have publicized and then, you know, just coincidentally winning a lot of money in a, in a uh, contest on the... Uh, on dra- on um on FanDuel, FanDuel the DraftKings, yeah. and the employee it. so it's really bizarre. But what's what's your whole take on uh, what's going on in the daily fantasy sports world, Jana?
1: I mean, the whole thing's very strange. Uh, I just to me, it almost seems silly that we could say there's insider you know trading going on because in essence, this is all based off performances that haven't happened. Um, so, I mean, I, I like, I get on one hand what they're saying, but at the same time the whole thing sounds kind of ludicrous. I don't know if I necessarily think that a DraftKings employee should be allowed to play on FanDuel and vice versa. Um, I I wouldn't mind seeing that changed. I know some of the policies are changing now, but the whole thing thing just seems very bizarre to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I understand the logic behind not wanting the – percentage is disclosed because a lot of people, you know, try to win these big money contests by taking a contrarian nature and going with players that not many other people would be going with. You know, I'm guessing you didn't find Alan Hearns in too many lineups last week, but if you happen Mm -hmm. to you know, get lucky and start him, you did pretty well. You know, same thing with a guy like Leonard Hankerson. But, you know, that's not really the point. I mean, it's just if you don't believe that these games are on the up and up, you're not going to play them. And, yeah, I I think, you know, banning the employees from playing either on their own site or on, you know, a rival daily fantasy sports site is a a good first step. But to me, the – Thing that just drives me nuts is that you know you, a lot of these contests don't limit the number of entries that any single person can have. So you could enter the same contest dozens, hundreds, even thousands of times if you have the time, the money, and the technology to to do that. And I think that just creates a, a playing field that isn't level. And I think until that's changed, the one thing if I could, if I were the king of the world and had to make a change in daily fantasy sports you know, kingdom, I think the one thing I would change is just, you know, no more than a single entry per contest. Of course, you'd still have people forming syndicates and splitting the winnings if any of them won, but at least I think this would be better than the current situation where you just have, you know, people that have, you know, a lot of time, money, and technology at their disposal that are, you know, winning a disproportionate share of the prizes, especially in the big contests.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I can I can definitely see your point there. I I think it's very valid. It'll be interesting to see what kind of fallout we have because it seems to not be over quite yet.
0: No, well, the New York Attorney General has already announced that he's he's already sent letters of inquiry to DraftKings and FanDuel, and now there's talks of the congressional hearings and who knows what all else. But um, yeah, I think the days of an unregulated Daily fantasy sports uh, world are, yeah, are over. over, and of course, as somebody that got his start in the season-long games, I just hope that the the baby doesn't get thrown out with the bathwater in this case. But uh, stay mm-hmm. tuned; we'll see what will happen. And of course, that's not going to yeah. stop us from talking about it later in the show. But yeah, definitely just,
1: not. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's
0: definitely a cloud on the horizon.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, we'll keep an eye on it for sure. And obviously, since we'll be back every week, we can keep everyone else informed as well. Everybody wins.
0: Or if we're not back then some week, then that's probably a sign that something did happen. But, <laughs> that might be why. <laughs> uh, exactly. So in terms of injuries, anything you know really stand out to you this week or anything we should be aware of this coming week? Uh, well, we've definitely got some
1: going on. Um, out in Jacksonville, uh, both tight end Mercedes Lewis and wide receiver Marquise Lee didn't practice. Uh, Lewis has a knee injury, Lee with a hamstring. Alan Hearns didn't practice as well. He's got an ankle injury. He probably looks like he is the best bet to play out of the three, but they're all uh, questionable for the moment. Green Bay wide receiver James Jones was limited with a hamstring injury. I'd keep an eye on that just – You know, as the week goes on, see if he's practicing more or less. Randall Cobb, also limited with a shoulder injury. This is the same shoulder he's had since the preseason. It's not going to be an issue. Cardinals running back Andre Ellington was limited, but he is practicing after that knee injury. It looks like he's going to return, but with a limited workload. Chris Johnson's still going to be their lead back there. Uh, Out of New Orleans, probably the most notable thing is Drew Brees is not on the injury report. So I'm not saying he's 100%, but he's not on it. Uh, In Atlanta... Uh, Leonard Hankerson, who normally wasn't a factor, uh, obviously had a big, big week last week. He was limited today with a thumb injury. I'd keep a closer eye on that. That's going to affect your ability to catch the ball, which is going to affect your ability to score points for me. Um, he, uh, yeah, We'll keep an eye on it. But Julio Jones is limited with a toe injury, a hamstring injury. He's still going to play. Uh, but it does look like Detroit tight end Brandon Pettigrew is going to be back this week just in time for Eric Ebron to miss uh, a couple of weeks, looks like maybe three weeks with his knee injury. Arian Foster made his return last week. It looks like his workload's probably increasing this week because Chris Polk's questionable and Jonathan Grimes is not going to play. So it's just Foster and Alfred Blue is the only healthy one standing there uh, in Houston. Marshawn Lynch is day to day with a calf injury. He didn't play last week, obviously. I'd be shocked if he didn't this week, though uh texans wide receivers nate washington and cecil shorts are both not going to play this week so it's deandre hopkins and then it looks like maybe keith Mumphrey is going to be your next best bet i'm not saying you should go pick him up for a daily fantasy league but if you need to stream somebody in your season long league maybe you take a flyer on him ravens wide receiver steve smith uh Unlikely to play this week, he allegedly broke four ribs uh, in that game, Uh, and it doesn't look like he's going to be healthy enough to go this week, but he's crazy enough. Just keep an eye on it come Sunday. Bears wide receiver Alshon Jeffrey was limited today with his hamstring injury, but he is practicing, which is actually progress. He's hoping to be back this week. Uh, Running back Dwight Bell in Detroit, still not practicing with his ankle injury. He didn't play last week, so it looks like Amir Abdullah is still going to be the best bet in Detroit. Colts tight end Dwayne Allen is going to be back after his ankle injury. He's been out the last two weeks. He's kind of feast or famine. I wouldn't suggest starting him, but at your own risk, I guess. Andrew Luck, obviously the biggest news last week was him not playing. He's questionable. Matt Hasselbeck, his backup, is sick, so he's also questionable, which means Josh Johnson got re-signed yesterday. And the Colts are playing on Thursday night. I think Andrew Luck's playing, but if not, it's probably going to be the Josh Johnson show, weirdly enough. Deshaun Jackson yeah, is just... starting to practice. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: No, no, that is that is strange. Please go on.
1: Yeah, uh, Deshaun Jackson is starting to practice a little bit. He's very limited uh, in Washington, but the fact that he's on the field is a good sign. Keep an eye on him come Sunday. Uh, Lashawn McCoy is not practicing in Buffalo with his hamstring injury, and Carlos Williams suffered a concussion in their last game. So neither of them practiced today. If neither one of them can go, it's going to be Anthony Dixon starting for Buffalo this week. I think we all remember him um, for what that's worth. I don't know. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Sammy Watkins also didn't practice with his calf injury. It looks like he's going to try to play this week. And then in Dallas, uh, Bryce Butler hurt his hamstring after catching a nice 20-yard pass last week. Likely not going to play this week. Lance Dunbar tore his ACL and partially tore his MCL. He's done for the year. But the Cowboys are getting Rolando McLean and Greg Hardy back from their respective four-week suspensions this week, so their defense kind of gets a boost. Um, but you know, Hardy's
0: already been talking trash to Tom Brady.
1: Yeah, which really not the smartest thing to do. But whoever said the Cowboys was were all that smart. <laughs> Not I. So that's all. I, that's all I got for the injuries this week. Uh, also right. worth noting, uh, we've got four teams on a bye: Carolina, Miami, Minnesota, and the Jets, all not playing this week. So obviously you're going to be missing. Ryan Tannehill mostly is going to be the quarterback you're missing there, but you got a bunch of running backs and wide Bridgewater. receivers. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater's actually been a, a fairly decent start lately.
0: He um, has more throwing yards so this past the- week than. Um, than than um, Aaron Rodgers and you know Peyton Manning Mary, and pardon he's
1: he's almost almost a functional quarterback.
0: Yeah, I mean he didn't have as many as Josh McCown, but that's a different story.
1: Man, we can only hope. We can only hope.
0: It really does look like oh. last week that somebody took the quarterback rankings and just shook them upside down
1: like an Etch-A-Sketch or something, just see where they all fall. Exactly. <laughs> like,
0: exactly. None
1: of it made sense. So. Very. I, I always think after four weeks you kind of get a feel for where teams actually are and what they are, but last week ended up being kind of a crapshoot. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, it would have been, you talked about week two being a rough week to be in a knockout pool, I don't think this past week would have been much better.
1: Yeah, there's, there's a lot of very thin knockout pools out there now. That's for
0: sure, yeah this, this coming week, and we'll get into the games in a second I don't really have strong feelings about many of the games. I think there'll be a lot of Mm-mm. close games, and even the games where I think I you know can pick a winner correctly. there's just you know the the confidence level isn't quite as high this week as it is in some weeks, but uh we'll we'll go ahead and uh give you our best shot anyway and see what comes of it
1: yeah yeah let's see what we can do. <laughs> All, All right. we can do is try so
0: that's right onward and upward. So why don't we start with the Thursday night game, Indianapolis at Houston? Andrew luck sounds like he'll be back. Houston, as you alluded to before, is really thin at wide receiver right now, and even though even if they weren't thin at wide receiver, the quarterback situation is a mess between Ryan Mallard and Brian Hoyer. I think luck will be back. I think he'll have Frank Gore has been a bit of a disappointment, at least for me. I mean I don't know what I was really expecting of him, you know, at this point in his career just you know, because he moved from one you know, bad team to a you know team with a better quarterback. But um, I I still think that Indianapolis will you know just do enough to, you know, win the game in the air and I'll go with them in spite of J.J. Locke and um, not JJ J. Locke, Yeah, you know, JJ Watt. Um, I'll go <laughs> J. J. with Indy JJ Watt's going to need some luck if Houston wants to win this game. <laughs> he will, exactly. So I'll I'll go with Indy to win this by ten. I'll say Indy thirty-four, Houston twenty-four.
1: I I have Indy winning this. I went a little more conservative just because I'm assuming Andrew Luck's going to play. That's what I'm basing this off of. If he doesn't, then this whole thing is kind of shot to hell. But I have Indy 21-17. Houston's defense will slow Indy down a little bit. Like you said, I have some concerns about Frank Gore. I just don't think Andrew Luck is 100%, um, and that leads me to feel like maybe they're not going to put up the same kind of points. But what on earth is going on with the Houston offense? Like Ryan Mallett's still going to start this week. He must have a short leash on. I don't know if he makes it through the whole game. I just It's such a mess out there. It's hard to imagine them scoring any real points. I think their defense may very well help them. Andrew Luck certainly had his fair share of turnovers coming into the last few weeks. I wouldn't be surprised if the Houston defense puts up at least 7 of those 17 points. Uh, I just it's not necessarily going to be a good game, but it's going to be a close game is what I think is going to happen.
0: Yeah, which is probably about all you can ask for for a Thursday night game. And, oh, speaking of Thursday night yeah. games, I was really upset last week because I told you my friend was singing the national anthem before the Steelers, you know, both right. Tony Dessera. And, of course, they did not show Tony either on the, on the national broadcast on CBS nor did they, you know, Play you know, the National Anthem on the Steelers um, Radio Network, which I had streaming on my computer. So I guess I shouldn't have expected that. I think they really it. only play them that, uh, you know, like the Super Bowl, and that's about it. But you know, it was a little disappointing. I was I was psyched to see him perform, but um, I'll just yeah. have to wait for the video to come out.
1: It'll be out there. We'll find it for you.
0: All right. (laughs) That makes me feel better. All right. Enough so that we can move on to the Sunday games, the Sunday early games. Unlike last week, there's no Sunday morning game, but there is a Sunday early game. Actually, there's a bunch of them. First one up, Cleveland at Baltimore. Cleveland's, yeah, I don't know. It looks like they might have, you know, a good defense and some semblance of an offense, but, you know, it's just, you know, they they did beat Oakland last week, so I guess that counts for something. But I think Baltimore at home, coming off the win against Pittsburgh, which, you know, again, that's not the same thing beating Pittsburgh with Michael Vick as it is beating Pittsburgh with Ben Roethlisberger. But I think you know, Cleveland's enough of a mess that Baltimore will win this game pretty handily, even though they've got some issues of their own. I think Kamar Aiken will step in nicely for Steve Smith, and I'll – Say that Baltimore wins at twenty-eight, Cleveland seventeen.
1: I've got I've got Baltimore again, twenty-one seventeen. Uh, I, I Baltimore's got the extra rest. I think that helps. They definitely need to kind of regroup a little bit. Cleveland looks like a bit of a hot mess at times. I'm not totally sold on Josh McCown right now. Uh, I just I think he this week he'll put up some points against this Baltimore defense, but. They're still going to be coming at him. He's going to get a lot of pressure. I think Joe Flacco just has to kind of step up and win this game because a lot of it's going to be on his shoulders. I think he can do it. I think it'll work. Baltimore needs this game more than Cleveland does. They're playing at home. I think that finally they're going to start to look a little bit more like a team this week. I would like them to stop snatching defeats and victories at the last possible second. Let's see them look like they're capable of looking.
0: All right, let's move on to the next game, which I think is going to be one of the more entertaining games of the week. At least it has the potential to be that, and that's St. Louis at Green Bay. Green Bay, as you alluded to before, wide receivers are banged up. St. Louis, you had Tavon Austin finally having a big game last week, and Brian Quick was actually cited at the game and even in for a few snaps, so that's something. Nicole's <laughs> had a pretty decent week last week. You know, Todd Gurley is there now. I think this is going to be not only an entertaining game, but I think St. Louis will make it a high-scoring game, too, for both sides. But I think Green Bay has just a little bit more offense than St. Louis does, and combine that with the fact that they're at home, and I'll pick Green Bay to win this by four. I'll say Green Bay 31, St. Louis 27.
1: Ooh, All right, I've got uh, Green Bay 32, St. Louis 20. Uh, the last time Aaron Rodgers I think threw an interception at home, Nick Foles was still a rookie with the Eagles, so it's been a minute. Uh it it's gonna be a tough matchup for St. Louis. Granted, uh, they ha- they have a good defensive line. They're gonna get a little more pressure on Aaron Rodgers than a lot of defenses will, but they've given up the seventh most points to running backs. I think that it could be a good day for Eddie Lacy. That this may be a more balanced attack than an, an all aerial attack like we're normally seeing when they're at home in Green Bay. Uh, St. Louis has some good things. I just don't know how well Nick Foles is going to fare under some pressure here at on the road in kind of a hostile environment. Uh, they'll they'll make a little bit of noise, but I just don't think they can hang. They're going to fall apart in the second half.
0: I don't know. I, I'm a little bit more optimistic, I guess, than you are. I just. I think Todd Gurley's yeah. for real, and if they actually have figured out how to use Tavon Austin, you know that guy could really be like I don't know Victor Cruz on steroids or something. But you uh, really
1: could. I mean, yeah. we've seen some really phenomenal things out of Tavon Austin. I just I want to see it happen more than once every nine weeks.
0: <laughs> well, this will be a good test to see whether they've turned the corner or not. But uh, so to speak, yeah. we'll see what happens there. So. Next up, we've got Buffalo, who got blown out by my Giants last week, traveling to Tennessee. Buffalo won at Miami two weeks ago, but Tennessee has not only a week of rest from the bye week, but they've also got a young rookie quarterback, Marcus Mariota, who I think is going to be a big star. Not exactly going out on a limb there, but I think in retrospect, he looks, at least in the early returns, like you definitely uh would have been the smarter pick for first overall than Jameis Winston, but of course it's early yet. Absolutely. But I will say this is a close game, but with Buffalo's running game banged up and you know, I'm not really that impressed by their receivers. You know, if Chris Hogan is your leading receiver in a game, you know, that's that's not saying much. So I'll go with Tennessee to win this by four at home. I'll say Tennessee twenty eight, Buffalo twenty four.
1: I like that. Uh, I got I've got twenty four twenty Tennessee. Uh this is gonna you know, it's Tennessee's coming off a bye week, Buffalo's reeling a little bit. They're gonna this defense is gonna get some good looks on Marcus Mariota. Um but I just think that Mariota's gonna be able to throw the ball down the field. I think that Buffalo having such a banged up run game and some of their receivers it's just not they just don't have enough pieces there excuse me they don't have enough pieces there to overcome this Tennessee offense and the defense really doesn't get a lot of credit for being better than they are I mean they're not on the caliber of Buffalo's defense but they're an I think an above average defense so I think that it's going to be a little bit harder of a day for Buffalo than than maybe it would have been a few weeks ago but I definitely like Tennessee to win this game
0: all right, this is a pretty boring show. So far, we've agreed on all four games, but uh, know, this let's is see if we can weird. change.
1: It feels kind of let's, wrong. <laughs> it
0: does. Let's see if we can change that. Um, okay. Next game up, New Orleans at Philadelphia, New Orleans. Well, we we know who they played and how they fared last week. Um, they'll and... travel to Philadelphia, which matched <clears throat> defeat from the jaws of victory themselves last week. Um uh, mm-hmm. To me, this is a coin flip game, but I just think that, I don't know. Again, I I don't have real strong feelings about this. On the one hand, I like the fact that Drew Brees is back for New Orleans. On the other hand, I think Philadelphia has really underperformed so far this year. Maybe they're not as good as I thought they were going to be or a lot of other people thought they were going to be, but I think Chip Kelly is starting to feel a little bit heat right now. Of course, He's not going to get fired by the GM since he's also the GM. But, you uh, know, if, if the Eagles... Yeah, I mean, it makes it to harder run,
1: to get fired, for sure.
0: <laughs> well, it just means the owner has to do it. or But, you know, I just... I, I, for whatever reason, think Philadelphia is going to figure out a way to win this. Not by much, but I'll go with Philadelphia to win this, 28-27.
1: Uh, I... This feels very wrong, but I agree. Philadelphia is going to win this game. I've got 28-23. I think the New Orleans secondary is kind of the difference maker here. If Sam Bradford can look like he he actually is capable of looking – we've seen these glimpses of it. Uh, If he passes for more than like seven yards, I think he'll be all right. But I think the New Orleans secondary is – has some areas of opportunity to put it nicely and I think if you can get a guy like Jordan Matthews down the field or tight end Zach Ertz who I think is going to have a very strong game this week uh, I think that there are definitely points to be had I don't know if I really want to use Sam Bradford or DeMarco Murray in a uh, like a, a cash game in my season long leagues yeah there's a little more room to to play there but if I have money on the line. I'm trying to win money. I don't know if these are guys that I want to throw all my eggs in that basket just yet. But I think they have the potential, at least Bradford, to have a a juicy matchup here. I just – Drew Brees isn't 100%. You can see it. He can't throw the ball down the field the way he could a few weeks ago or even last year. He's not there yet.
0: It doesn't seem like he's ready to shoulder the burden for them yet.
1: Uh, Nope, not quite yet. (laughs) Okay.
0: So next up, we've got Washington at Atlanta. Uh, this is really interesting because of Leonard Hankerson. He played for Washington and didn't really do much for a couple of years. All of a sudden, goes to Atlanta, and Matt Ryan has him looking like a, a Pro Bowl wide receiver. I know he's injured, but I think you know, if there's any way, shape, or form, he can be on the field, that he will be. I did take Washington to beat Philadelphia last week, but I just don't see how they're going to be able to – Keep up with Atlanta and attract me. Julio Jones is banged up, and that seems like that's becoming an annual occurrence. And Roddy White is unhappy. Hankerson's banged up. And I just think Atlanta has too much firepower. I'll go with Atlanta to win this by two touchdowns. I'll stay at Atlanta 35, Washington 21.
1: Is there like a full moon or something? I'm going Atlanta 27 14. Uh, I (laughs) just. Leo Jones is going to bounce back. There's there's no way uh, that won't happen. But Kirk Cousins' inconsistency uh, is kind of the Achilles heel of of this whole Washington team. The Atlanta offense has way too many weapons. The Washington defense is really good against the run, so I don't know if I think Devontae Freeman's going to have numbers quite like the last two weeks. I think he'll still put some numbers up, but I wouldn't expect them to be quite like they were. Uh, I think they're going to be going much more – Julio Jones and and Leonard Hankerson, maybe even Roddy White, is a deeper sleeper this week for you. Uh, he's, we'll talk in a few minutes about how ex- inexpensive he is on these daily fantasy sites, but I just, I'm worried about what Washington's doing right now, uh, and I think that Atlanta's just going to feast on them this week.
0: As far as Atlanta goes, what do you think of Teron Ward? I mean, he had a nice game last week. Is he somebody you can use in a deeper daily fantasy? Um, league this week, or would you shy away from him and just assume Devontae Freeman is still going to get the lion's share of the touches there?
1: I still, I still think Devontae Freeman is going to get more of the touches, and just because I don't think it's going to be as run-heavy this week, I would, I, I don't think I'd go that route just yet.
0: Okay. So yeah. let's see here. So so far we're agreeing on six out of six games. That's got to be a first. Let's go I, to the number.
1: We've never even come close to agreeing on this many things.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is I, – I should have taken another bye week. but um,
1: maybe, maybe.
0: So I'm getting stopped in my old age here. How about um, okay, we Seattle at Cincinnati? I, I think we're going to agree on this one too, but we'll see. You know, Seattle coming off a Monday night game that they probably shouldn't have won. Yeah, Their offense is certainly not performing real well so far. Either that or Detroit's defense is a lot better than we think. Cincinnati so far seems to have it together on both sides of the ball. Of course, very rarely does the team that looks the best after four weeks actually go on to win the Super Bowl, but if you had to anoint an early season Super Bowl favorite in the AFC, it would either be the Bengals or the Patriots at this point. Um I don't know. I just think Cincinnati, they seem to find a way to get it done every week. I think they're going to have just enough offense to win this. I'll say Cincinnati 24, Seattle 17.
1: I've got Cincinnati 24, Seattle 21. Uh, Now we're 7 for 7. Something terrible must be on the horizon. (laughs) Uh, The Cincinnati defense kind of has to rise up this week. Russell Wilson's going to struggle. It just... He looks a little lost out there. He's much more facilitating than quarterbacking, um, but the, the the Seattle defense has to slow down Andy Dalton. I just don't know if it's going to be enough, because we know that Cincinnati's going to score points. It's just a matter of can Seattle stay with them, and I think they'll hang at least for a while, but... the I, I the offense just isn't good enough right now. They're not healthy enough, and especially if Marshawn Lynch doesn't play, this game becomes dramatically different.
0: I wonder if after the game, Andy Dalton and Jimmy Graham are going to get together and go to dinner at the House of Ginger.
1: I hope so. I so hope so. Maybe Brandon Whedon will come out.
0: Yeah, that would be a good uh, that would be a good picture. So let's <laughs> go on to the next game and see if we can keep our string going here. This might be a little bit of a problem, but we'll see. So, Chicago—they've looked really horrible most of the season. Last week, they did manage to eke out a, a victory. Kansas City has been up and down, more down than up. But I think at home, with Jamal Carroll,
1: Super up last week.
0: <laughs> yeah, he, he did. He was—he was one of the high scorers in all the fantasy. Who would have known that? But, I know. Uh, I don't think he has quite that same game this week, but um, I'll go with Kansas City to win this by a touchdown, primarily just because they're at home. And I think Alex Smith and Jeremy Macklin are finding some chemistry. I'll, I'll go with Kansas City to win this
1: 31-24. I've got Kansas City 28-21. Uh, I know Jay Cutler's back. Uh, it just... The Chicago offense isn't gelling yet, and that's partially because none of them are healthy at the same time. They may get Alshon Jeffrey back this week. That'll help tremendously. Um, But Kansas City needs a bounce-back game. I think that their defense is going to be in Jay Cutler's face, and that generally doesn't work out well for him, as we've seen in the past. Uh, And Jamal Charles has a better matchup this week. I think we're going to see a lot of him. I, I agree with you, I like Jeremy Macklin I don't know if he's going to have as good of a week this week I like Jamal Charles a little bit more but I, Andy Reid loves Jeremy Macklin that's why I brought him in there and I'm not surprised see he's starting to finally flourish it'll be interesting to see You know, can they finally shake the stigma of not ever using wide receivers we've had two good weeks, let's see if we can keep the trend going out there
0: yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see, but um, let's move on and see if we can make it nine for nine. I think this might be the game that uh, that uh, tips <laughs> our wagon over, but we'll see. So, well, you know how the, I generally got,
1: pick these games. So.
0: <laughs> we've, we've got the um, the battle of Florida and not the uh, the team that was supposed to be good in Florida. But we've got the two bad teams in Florida going it against each other. Thankfully, this only this game only takes place once every four years. But we've got Jacksonville <laughs> on the road against Tampa Bay. Gosh, this is a mess. So I'll, I'll go with Jacksonville just because I like Blake Bortles more than Jameis Winston. I think he you know, Winston probably has the better targets at wide receiver. But you know, with Hearns and Robinson, Jacksonville isn't that far behind. And uh, TJ Eldon, I think, will have a big game this week. Again, Doug Martin is showing signs of life. So this could be a pretty evenly matched game, but I'll go with Jacksonville to win it, just uh, giving Bortles the edge here. I'll say Jacksonville 28, Tampa 24.
1: I've got Jacksonville Uh, 27-21. My notes for this game are are Blake Bortles versus Jameis Winston. It's as simple as that. Blake Bortles is going to outplay Jameis Winston. He's not going to make the kind of mistakes that Winston's going to. Uh, And I think TJ Yeldon's going to have a monster game this week. I really like him for my daily fantasy lineups, and uh, we'll get to that, spoiler alert, in a little bit. But I just, uh, Tampa Bay is way too sketchy. I don't like their defense right now, and I think that, that Jacksonville's going to be able to, to win this game and they're going to feel in control most of the way so we have gotten through all, right. all of the with Thursday night and all of the Sunday morning slash early games depending who you're asking and we're in agreement on everything
0: this yeah there must be a solar eclipse yeah, going on somewhere yeah. right now but uh, <laughs> somewhere barn animals are howling at the moon but...
1: this is one of the signs anyway, of the apocalypse I'm pretty sure
0: it is you know, I'm actually worried that we might agree on everything this week because I think the rest of I'm these I'm scared. Games I'm
1: concerned about it. I'm looking at my picks thinking like uh
0: <laughs> this, this let's let's see cuz I didn't make any crazy picks in these last 5 games. So, unless you picked unless you saw a game completely differently than I did, we might actually agree on everything this week, which would be a first. So, first of the – actually this is the one game that I think is we're most likely to disagree on. If we're going to disagree on anything, I think if if we agree on this game, it's likely we're going to run the table in agreeing on things. So I think we probably need a drum roll here. So we've got Detroit coming off of that really. All right, the suspense is killing me. We've got Detroit coming off of that game that should have been a win for them but wasn't on Monday night. They're at home. Arizona, the schedule maker is doing them a favor by letting them play you know, a late game, even though they're in the central time zone. I don't know. Arizona looked like world beaters until last week. Detroit, you know, they're obviously 0 4, and, you know, they're probably not an 0 4 team just in terms of talent or anything, but, you know, they're certainly going nowhere fast. Um, this is probably the toughest. Of the remaining games to pick, but I'm going to say that Arizona gets their act together and wins this. I'll say Arizona 24, Detroit 17, and now the suspense is killing me. I
1: I went Arizona 31 20. I I see this game a little <laughs> bit differently than you do. Um, I granted I Detroit finds new and interesting ways to lose every week. Uh, <laughs> I'm curious to see how they'll manage to do it this coming week. But I just I have a little more faith in the Arizona team overall. Granted they had an off week, but I think that overall they're a much more cohesive unit. They're getting Andre Ellington back. Carson Palmer is still miraculously healthy. Um and their defense doesn't look terrible. Detroit on the other hand I'm not even sure Matt Stafford's going to live through this season. I'm not even convinced that will happen. Uh, I'm sure not convinced that they're going to get their first win this week. They're going to be an 0-5 team. There's going to be a lot of questions there. Something's got to change because they're a team that has and has had for the past few years enough talent to be a playoff contender, to be a contender, period, and then they do things like this. I don't understand where the disconnect is, but they have to change something because their record's not changing. No wins in the win column after this week.
0: I, for me, if I'm you know running that team, I think, forget about Joy Bell, forget about Theo Riddick. They've just got to see what they have with Amir Abdullah and either live or die with him this yeah. year. And if that doesn't work out and they turn out to be 2-14 or 1-15, then, yeah, I'm not sure. All the Rams, um, they
1: have Seventy eight good running backs there. Go pick one of them up. Do something.
0: <laughs> well, I'm I'm wondering, I don't know if Forset the uh, L S U running back that's doing really well. I'm not sure if he's eligible for the draft.
1: No, he's got one more year I believe. Year.
0: All right, yeah, I think he's a true sophomore, but um
1: mm-hmm. yeah,
0: he's the guy that, you know, you would want them to you know, take if if Abdullah doesn't work out. But um yeah, either way that's just I don't know. They'll probably end up with it's a really high draft pick and pick some offensive linemen that we've never heard of, but uh, yeah. or won't have heard of until two, you know the month before the draft, <laughs> and then you know, yeah. then all these people that have never seen the guy play before will be arguing about how great he is. So, yeah. But anyway, we we'll see how that goes. Be. All right. So, unless there's some huge surprises in your last four picks, I think we might actually around the table here. Let's let's get, see if the suspense is really getting to me now. So, um, New England at Dallas, I probably think this will be more of a blowout than you do. I think New England, I don't know, I don't know why <laughs> Dallas in an injured state seems like they've got to rattle Tom Brady's cage as if he needed any more motivation. But I'll say that New England wins this by three touchdowns. I'll say New England 38, Dallas 17.
1: I've got 34-17 New England, so I'm unfortunately not much more optimistic about the Cowboys' chances than you are. Uh, it's just, honestly, it's not if New England's going to win, it's going to be by how much. Uh, if Sean Lee plays, and it looks like he might, it depends on how his concussion protocol stuff goes, uh, I think that Dallas has a chance of making it marginally more respectable, but I I wish that Matt Castle was starting this game instead of Brandon Whedon, but we can't always get what we want, unfortunately. Uh, if this game plays out the way that it might, we might get some Matt Castle. But I don't think this is going to be a real happy day for Cowboys fans. We'll just pretend the bye Probably week is not. two weeks long. That's okay, that, I, that might be my good. game plan. That's the deal.
0: <laughs> so as long as the Giants keep winning, we can we can make that deal. So next up, we've got Denver traveling to Oakland. Oakland looked like they were finally figuring things out, and then laid an egg I'm excited in Cleveland about last week. Not quite sure what happened there still, but um, um, you know, when I look at this, I see you know, Denver much stronger on defense and probably not quite as strong on offense as they've been in years past. Of course, if you really believe the adage about defenses winning championships, then that probably bodes well for them. This game, though, will be played in Northern California. It'll be nice and warm there. And I just don't think Oakland's going to be able to keep this close. Talk over the final score of Denver 31, Oakland 17.
1: I've got Denver 23 20. I see this game going a little bit differently. Obviously, the Denver defense is going to make it tough uh, for Derek Carr, but uh, playing in Oakland isn't always the friendliest of confines for opposing teams. Granted, that's more in, in years past, but it's kind of coming back a little bit. I think that. Uh, The Denver defense is going to be the difference maker here, but Oakland will at least hang around for a little while.
0: All right, only two games left for us to to try to disagree on something. Um, San Francisco traveling to the Giants on Sunday night, starting to feel a little bit more confident about the Giants. I think maybe losing those first two games might have in some strange way, it turned out to be a blessing in disguise that, you know, they didn't get too full of themselves or too cocky or anything to start the season. Not that they're that much of a juggernaut, but, you know, they do seem to be getting their act together slowly but surely. San Francisco, I thought Kaepernick was going to bounce back and have a good season this year. I thought Carlos Hyde was going to take a step up and be a, you know, a, you know top match running back, and I thought Torrey Smith was going to really flourish in in yeah. San Francisco alongside his old running mate from Baltimore, Antoine Bolden, but none of those things are happening. San Francisco's defense has been decimated by all the injuries and arrests and what have you. So here I just you know it's it's difficult as a Giants fan to be too optimistic about this team, but I just think that if they go out and play the way they've anywhere close to what they've done the first four weeks of the season, they should be okay here. I'll take them to win by 10 points. I'll say Giants 27, uh, 49ers 17.
1: I've got the Giants by a touchdown 30-23. Uh, Kaepernick and that defense are, the ma- are are just a mess. I think Eli Manning's going to get it done this week. Um, I just... Yeah, San Francisco's going to get it together. They're just They're not an upper echelon team right now, and they're well on their way to being a, a bottom feeder of this league if they don't get it together.
0: All right. Only one game, one game. left. This a this for all the marbles here. And oh. I don't think I'm picking an upset here, but Pittsburgh, this has to be the longest non-buy layoff ever because they played the earliest game last week and they're playing the yeah. latest game this week. So that's a, what, a 13, 12, 13-day 13 layoff, I guess. But a pretty nice anyway, stretch. yeah, it's a long stretch. But They've had a lot of time to think about how they flubbed that game against Baltimore. Still, I don't think it's going to matter. San Diego, Phillip Rivers having somewhat of a bounce back season. He's looking more like two thousand thirteen Phillip Rivers than two thousand fourteen Phillip Rivers. Keenan mm-hmm. Allen looking more like two thousand thirteen Keenan Allen than two thousand fourteen Keenan Allen. Danny Woodhead has stabilized at backfield. They're getting Antonio Bates back this week. Um yeah Dontrell Inman, whoever he is, has started catching passes <laughs> for them too. So I just
1: right. I don't know.
0: To me, all right, I'm Cutting to the chase here. I'll say San Diego wins this pretty easily. I'll go um, San Diego 31, Pittsburgh 20. If Ben Roethlisberger were quarterbacking, this might be a toss-up. But with Michael Vick quarterbacking, I just don't really see the Steelers winning this.
1: Oh, my God. We went 100% agreement. I'm going San Diego 21-17. I see the game going differently. Uh <laughs> I think Levion Bell's going to have a very nice day. I think that will will keep this close, but Antonio Gates is back, which means Philip Rivers, who's already having a very nice year, now has his security blanket back. Ben Rossesberger still not playing. Uh Michael Vick, it, he's going to try to do a little bit too much, I think, and it just I just yeah. I don't know how to feel about all this agreement. It makes me feel so wrong. <laughs>
0: You don't think he's going to lead his team to victory? I don't.
1: I don't think he will.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Oh man. I can't believe, ladies and gentlemen, that's the first in our five plus years. We're into our sixth year of doing the show now. This yeah. is the hundred and fifth episode of Fourth and Inches, and I don't think we've ever agreed on every game. I mean, we used to pride ourselves on I don't think we've disagreeing eaten. on things. We might as well just stop the show right now and cancel it. There's no point in doing the show Maybe. anymore. I might. We can just have you do the show by yourself every week. Who needs <laughs> me when we're going to agree I'll on everything? i stop
1: breathing. I don't really need to do that that much. Really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, right. I don't like this.
0: <laughs> it, it feels very strange and very wrong.
1: I know. I know. So, I'm, like, scared to go out tomorrow now. Like, something awful must be happening.
0: Yeah, just watch out for that asteroid. All right.
1: Yeah. So well, let's look at our daily, because the, we, we usually disagree yeah, on these at
0: least. Yeah, this should be good fodder for disagreements. So, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> so, just to start with, um, let's start with Sandool and just looking over the prices here for the quarterbacks for um, FanDuel this week, some of the people that um, caught my eye. You've got uh, Eli Manning for 7,700, Cam Bradford 7,500, Mariota 7,400. If you want to go a little cheaper than that, Matthew Stafford 7,000, Alex Smith 6,900, Blake Bortles 6,900. I probably go cheaper this week just because. You know, Nick Foles, 6,400. I might even be tempted to start Nick Foles, especially in a tournament game where you've got to take some chances. If I'm playing in a mm-hmm. double up, you know, or something, you yeah. know, a contest like that where you know, it's more important to go with expected value than with variance, I'll probably take a slightly safer option. But uh, I'll roll the dice and go with Nick Foles here. Let's say we're playing a tournament game, I'll go with Foles for 6,400.
1: I've got uh, Alex Smith at 6,900. Uh, the Bears allow the fifth most points to quarterbacks. Philip Rivers at 7,500. Also, I've got Blake Bortles at 6,900. That Tampa Bay defense is terrible. Sam Bradford terrifies me, but at 7,500, he's going to put some points up. Um, but for for my actual Fanduel team, I, I may uh, may be looking more at Philip Rivers out of that grouping uh, versus. Uh, Sam Bradford, I just, I can't do Sam Bradford I like No, the value, I, I think
0: me. Yeah, I mean if you were trying to win a tournament I would say that Bradford's probably the better choice But just in terms of, mm-hmm. yeah expected Security, values not I, so I, much. Yeah <laughs> I mean I might even pony up for Tom Brady this week I'm sorry to say it, but uh,
1: I actually, I have on my, uh, my lineup I'm going with at the end of the show Tom Brady's my quarterback in FanDuel I'm, I'm willing right. to bite the bullet on that $8,800 price tag.
0: Okay, so maybe you can save some money or make up some of that uh, for some of that uh, running back. Yeah, there there are a couple of good running back uh, running back options among the more expensive. You've got Jamal Charles at 9,100, Le'Veon Bell at 9,000. Drop down a little bit. Mark Ingram's 8,000 against the Eagles. Eddie Lacy 7,600. Mm-hmm. I know you said you like that against. The uh, yep. Rams, Devontae Freeman's 7,600 yeah, at home against the Redskins. Chris Johnson, even with Ellington back, figures to get a fair amount of run against Detroit, 7,000. Mm-hmm. Todd Gurley is tempting at 6,700 against Green Bay. TJ Elvin is very tempting at 6,600 against Tampa. Oh, yeah. Melvin Gordon hasn't broken out yet, but I, I just feel it in my bones one of these weeks coming. Maybe it'll be this week. Sixty five hundred yeah. against Pittsburgh and Alfred Morris is sixty three hundred against um Atlanta and if you really want a long shot, I'll go with Isaiah Coel for sixty one hundred at Baltimore.
1: No, that's not a bad one. Uh Amir Abdul at sixty one hundred is is a good value. I'm all about TJ Yeldon this week. The the Buccaneers put up give up huge points to running backs. Uh Deion Lewis at sixty nine hundred. There's gonna be a lot of garbage time in that Cowboys game. Uh, Danny Woodhead at 6,000, uh, especially, um, it just overall, uh, you're going to get some points out of receiving from him, but it's just, for me, I really like TJ Yeldon a lot this week. Le'Veon Bell and Eddie Lacy are both, they're going to cost you a little more, but they're going to give you a big return. So it's, it's a balancing act. I like to, to balance Yeldon with a guy like Le'Veon Bell or an Eddie Lacy that's going to cost me a little bit more because it kind of balances out that way.
0: All right, let's move on to wide receivers then. And we've got some of the ones that caught my eye. Keenan Allen at 7,700. I'm staying away from the really expensive options this week. Julio Jones at 9,200. Odell Beckham at 9,000. That's too rich for my blood, especially uh, Jones with his toe problems. Demarius Thomas mm-hmm. is 8,600 with a neck injury. That's not for me. Yeah, I'm staying away from the really top Price options, Keenan Allen, Emmanuel Sanders, Julian Adelman are all 7700 Mike Evans is 7500 Larry Fitzgerald, the resurgent one, is 7400 Jeremy Macklin, we talked about before, $6,900. Vincent Jackson, 6800 mm-hmm. Jordan Matthews, 6800 If you want to go a little bit cheaper, Alan Robinson, I like it, 6300 It's a good Blake Portals um, play there. Kendall Wright at 5,900, if you believe, in Marcus Mariota. And Kayvon Austin at 5,800, if you believe, in Nick Foles. Uh, if you really want to go bottom of the barrel, you've got Willie Sneed 5,300. Nelson Aguilar at 5,200. Jamison Crowder, who I hadn't heard of before last week, at 5,200 against Atlanta. <laughs> and Dontrell Inman, who I also hadn't heard of before last week, at uh, 5,100 at home against Pittsburgh.
1: We've got a lot of the same names on my list. Uh so not to to you know be a dead horse, but Kendall Wright I really like this week. Um if you're looking for some kind of feast or famine guys, if you're looking for a low low price, high risk, Andre Johnson at 5400, coming back to Houston for the first time since he left. It, it's an interesting dynamic there. How much emotion comes into it. Reuben Randall at 5400 just because the Giants are going to throw a lot um, and uh, Roddy White at 5,200. It's going to be a lot of offense for Atlanta this week. Uh, Leonard Hankerson's got that thumb injury that makes me a little nervous. Uh, that's somebody that maybe I'm taking a flyer on, or I'm I'm using as a flex guy in in a season-long week, but worth worth a thought.
0: I'm probably staying away from Dorial Green Beckham, and I'm certainly not accepting a wide oh. from him. Mm-mm. No, thank you. All right. So now we go on to tight ends. I know we're winding up here. Um, let's see who's some of the better tight ends I Bronkowski, again, you know, just like Julian Edelman and Tom Brady, it's, it's just the value. To pay I mean, you, value you're paying here. for it, but you're
1: going to get the points.
0: Yeah, it's just, yeah, can you get you know, a, a better bargain somewhere else? Maybe. We'll see. Martellus Bennett, 5,900. $2,500 less than Gronkowski. You know, he might be someone to look at. Charles Clay, 5700 Tyler Hyper, fifty six, dollars Gary Barnage and Delaney Walker, both 5400 Larry Donnell and Jared Football, 5200 Richard Rogers, 5100 And If you want to go bottom of the barrel, you've got Owen Daniels at 4900 and Max Williams, who is starting to live up to really, the I really, really like Owen Daniels
1: this week. Both. Both for FanDuel and DraftKings, like he's super cheap, but Oakland gives up more points to tight ends than anybody else in the league. Uh, so if there's a week for him to break out, this is it.
0: All right, there you heard it—the Owen Daniels lock of the week.
1: Um, there it is, stone cold lock of the week.
0: <laughs> that's right. So kickers, I don't know. Uh, just, I Adam Vinatieri, Matt Bryant, yeah. Uh Stefan. yeah Bailey. is going to cost you
1: five grand, but you know he's going to be out there. Sebastian Janikowski, Mike Nugent at forty six hundred for Cincinnati. I mean he's going to at least be kicking extra points.
0: Yeah, Brandon McManus for Denver. Maybe even Josh yep. Brown. Yeah, the um you know Lambeau, the the Chargers kicker, and he might be somebody mm-hmm. too. As far as defenses go, yeah, there's you know, a fair number of teams that I think are only going to score 17 points this week. So, take your pick. You know, Baltimore, Cincinnati, Arizona, New England, Denver, Giants. I think any of those teams, you know, will probably uh, keep you in the running there. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I
1: might might even throw I, the Jaguars in there.
0: All right. Now, I have not had the chance to go through the DraftKings um, and make a team there, so if you have one, why don't you let us have that? Oh,
1: oh I got one. Um, for DraftKings this week, I went with uh, Carson Palmer at quarterback, 6,600. Uh, obviously, T.J. Yeldon and Le'Veon Bell I talked about. I like putting them together. Yeldon's 4,400 this week on DraftKings. uh Le'Veon Bell, obviously a little pricier at eighty five hundred. Larry Fitzgerald, I like stacking him with Carson Palmer. I think this will be a good week for it at sixty eight hundred. Julian Edelman's my favorite out of the Patriots players this week at seven hundred or seven thousand, I'm sorry. Travis Benjamin at forty five hundred, uh, rounding out my wide receivers. And I've got Charles Clay at forty one hundred at tight end. Dion Lewis is my flex at forty eight hundred and I'm going with the Packers defense at thirty one hundred, saving a little little coin there, but uh there's there's a lot of ways to play with it, but that's what I went with this week.
0: So do you tend to play more the the double-up games and the, the so-called cash games, or do you tend to, to go for the, the big tournaments with the, the oversized rubber checks that you know show uh, up at your door? I like,
1: I like the double-up games a lot, um, but I tend to play one or two tournaments at least a week just to kind of see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not expecting a giant rubber check, but it's nice to dream. <laughs> uh,
0: the dream itself is probably worth whatever you spend to enter, right?
1: Yes, yes, exactly. Um, but I, I'm although, not a person who goes for the super high entry fees generally.
0: Although, of course, nothing compares to the the joy of agreeing with me on every single game this week. I don't I'm sure. So about
1: that. <laughs> Well, be sure Maybe to tune in next week, next week week. at once. <laughs> yeah, right. Tonight right, we at 9:30 p.m. Eastern Time, as we are every week. See if Sherpa and I even come close to agreeing on 100% of the games. Uh, but in the meantime, you can find us all week long at FantasyFootballSherpa.com, the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page. You can email us at the number four t h n inches show at gmail.com, or find us all over Twitter at the number four t h n inches show at fantasy underscore Sherpa or JKIM16. Good luck this week to everybody in your fantasy games, unless, of course, you're playing me. And (laughs) other than that, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks so much for listening.